France for you, what now? In this season we are zooming in on some of the most relevant expat topics and we hope to give you a helping hand regardless of the expat phase you are in. This is season 2, Ubuntu Tips and Tricks. How's it and welcome to episode 4 of season 2 Ubuntu Tips and Tricks. In today's episode, we are going to look into the process of buying property abroad and more specifically, buying property abroad as an expat. Joining me today in our virtual team studio is my co-host, Sia. Buddy, Sia, how are you doing, pal? Very good, thanks. And you, everyone, uh, you won't believe it, but it's December and uh, according to my weather app, we're having double digits tonight. It said 10, 11 degrees uh, earlier, so in my book, that's a miracle. Well, the only reason I've got a jersey on is because it's my Christmas jersey and I'm not allowed to wear it with uh, in, 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 in public with my wife anymore. She's got too many photos of this thing. But let's let's get on to it. We've got two very special and knowledgeable guests tonight. Shireen from Expat Property Brokers and Rolf from uh, Expat Mortgage. I realized, Rolf, sorry, I just said that like a true South African, Rolf. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> but in any case... <laughs> Ladies first, uh, Shireen, hello. It's so good Hi. for you, um, so good for us to have you in the studio. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to answering some questions. Oh, awesome. Makes four of us, eh? And, and Rolf, um, also great to have you and, and thanks for joining us. Uh, and how are you doing, pal? You, you don't have a jersey on. You look, you look to be, you know, you look pretty comfortable. Well, it's, it's like a, a working clothes. <laughs> I have to okay. work, of course, but I'm doing fine. And, and you pronounce my name very good. So okay, the awesome. typical Dutch way, Ralf. Um, okay, so I've actually done well. Here. Great. I see it before we uh, get stuck into this episode. Um, I just want to make sure is everybody comfortable. I, I've got a glass of red wine. Uh, I'll, I'll share it in the in the screen. A glass of water, a bottle of water, anything like that. A cup of tea. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get stuck into it. All right, first step into the door, and I think let's continue with the trend of, of ladies first. Um, so, Shireen, if, if you can tell us a little bit of uh, about yourself and, and also uh, the background of expert, uh, expat property brokers, how it came about and how it started. Okay, so um, I come from a strong uh, property development background. I worked in property development in South Africa for many years. And then when I came to the Netherlands, um, I started working with uh, Bridget from Expat Property Brokers. Expat Property Brokers came about, the company was founded by Bridget and Jason Ball five years ago. Bridget has a very strong property background, having worked in South Africa for 25 years as an estate agent. And she saw that there was a gap in the, in the market for a company that specifically caters towards expats and helping them navigate the Dutch market and invest into real estate. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I thought I heard, I recognized your, your strong South African accent coming through there. And, and Rolf, yeah. what about yourself? Uh, I pick up a, a, a Dutch English accent there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, can you tell us about, a little bit about yourself and, and to, the, to our listeners and, and how um, expat mortgages came about and the background around expat mortgages as a company? Of course, happy to. Um, expert mortgages, first of all, I will start with myself. Um, I started the job as a, a mortgage broker, I think five, six years ago. Um, also with a company that are uh, only helping internationals. So same as expert uh, property brokers, we only help internationals. 
um, because we also thought there is a gap on the market. I think the founder of Expat Mortgages, Hank, um, he helped uh, a lady from South America. And the main reason why other Dutch banks or companies, they couldn't help her. So he thought, okay, it could be nice to help internationals instead of the, the Dutch people. Um, so there we are. I think we're already almost 15 years old as a company. Um, and again, uh, purely for, for internationals. Sorry, Rolf, is that 50 years? 15, sorry, 1.5. Okay, one one sorry, 1.5. One five. Five. Yeah, 1.5. Still five. decent, wow. It is, yeah, it is. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so the, the the two names, expert property brokers and expert mortgage, uh, you know, sound a lot alike. Um, and and you touch base that that you know sometimes the one refer to the other, etc. But the 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 two companies in itself is not uh, um, linked to the same shareholder or, or whatsoever. How does this process work? You know, this referral process in terms of a client ending up, let's say, or, or asking you, Rolf. Um, if, if a client comes to you in terms of the brokerage side, is it mm -hmm. always a referral to to, to um, expat uh, uh, property brokers in, in that respect? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, we are not related to each other, so we don't have the same founder or, or anything. Um, it's just a name. Uh, but of course, when we have when we have a first meeting with a with a client that wants to get a loan to buy a house, it, it really depends, of course, on budget, but also area. Um, most clients I get are the clients from expat property brokers, from Shireen or Bridget, and most of them, uh, of them, South Africans that come oh, to the Netherlands right. and that, that they want to buy a house and need a finance. So we get the most, let's say, recommendations from Shireen and, and Bridget, her company. Um, but of course, also we have some other international clients. We refer them to, 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 to them as well. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, so uh, Shireen, um, let's say, for example, if a, a Dutch or any other international person walked into your office, um, um, Ralph already covered that that both parties, both both um, expat property brokers and expat mortgage, only caters for for expats. Um, do you have an another affiliation that you normally refer them to, or let's say another uh, property broker company that you work with? Uh, reason for asking is you won't believe it, but we actually do have some international listeners other than South Africans on this, uh, let's say, podcast. So just to give a little bit of perspective, um, if you have like some other uh, subsidiary that can also be referred to. No, we mainly cater to expats and people wanting to permanently settle here in the Netherlands. So we, it's not specifically South Africans. It's actually all nationalities. And the main, the main criteria is expats. And English and having English basically as a first or second language. So we find that having been through the process of um, resetting here ourselves, having bought a home, going through the pitfalls thereof, it gives us a good understanding of what our clients are going through and how they feel. And it puts us in a strong position through our own experiences to help them find the perfect home while navigating the Dutch housing market. And I think more so than our Dutch counterparts who have for the most of, um, for the most part, lived here all of their lives and never experienced, experienced trying to buy a home, being an expat in a foreign country, in a foreign language. Okay, and I think what makes us unique as a company is we're a group of South Africans who have all walked this path before and know what it's about. You know, having moved abroad, having moved abroad or moving abroad is hard. 
Um, buying a home in a foreign country is daunting. And having a team behind you that has had, uh, you know, have, having been through this entire process makes the whole process less daunting, I think. Sure. So, so, so I must admit, if I can come in here, like I also bought a, an apartment earlier this year in, in Amsterdam and um, I initially tried going the route without a broker or any assistance for that matter. And, you know, first of all, I think buying your first house or your first apartment uh, doesn't matter what country, what city, um, it is an extremely emotional decision you know like because it's it's just probably your first massive asset that you do buy so i can truly relate um you know with this expertise uh, service that that both expert property brokers and expat uh, um, um mortgages offer you know is, is to literally hold a, a foreigner if i can call it like that or an expat within a foreign country where everything is already strange now with this big decision uh, um, so I can truly relate to exactly what you just said by experiencing uh, that earlier this year, to be honest. But but if one sketches a, a, a case study or an illustrative example, uh, let's take Eden Laverne Kruger, uh, and that's <laughs> that's Kruger, <how> me. <laughs> that's Kruger with a, a U uh, with a umlaut on top of it. If you guys want to go and Google them, uh, are looking for a uh, hundred square meter house in uh, let's say the center of the netherlands easily be easily accessible to to roads and all of that um edwin what are the first things that 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 popped up in your head when you had your foot in the door and made, when you made that decision you want to buy a residential property or primary residence within the netherlands uh, um not so long ago Yes, well, you actually sketched it quite well. It was uh, it was our main criteria was in in the Randstad, as we as we know it in in uh, in the Netherlands. So in it needs to be central. We need to get to to work and and you know to the odd South African braai or whatever. But before we just completely carry on with on this uh, on this case study, you know, the, there was two things that I that I asked myself when we started down this journey. And, and Ralph, I want to get to. You know, it's, it's specifically aimed at you because that mm-hmm. um, I always think about numbers first and the financials first. So at that point, I was thinking to myself, okay, so what is the basic or what are the basic financial requirements to buy a property in the Netherlands? And mm-hmm. secondly, is this financial process different um, for Dutch nas- nationals compared to expats? So that was what, you know, what, what was going through my mind in about, you know, around about February, February, March, around about that time. Um, of 2021. So yeah, maybe you can ex- expand on that, you know, on the financial requirements and if it differs for for, for nationals versus um, versus expats. Of course, happy to. Um, well, the basic things that you need to have, let's say you need to have five things. Of course, first of all, uh, a passport, uh, standard case. But if you're, for example, South African or you're not a European citizen, you need to apply for a resident permit. And the resident permit type, that is a very important, let's say, uh, detail if you want to apply for a mortgage loan. I know a lot of people, a lot, a lot of expats that are uh, um, not from the EU, so outside the EU, um, they have the resident permit as a high-skilled knowledge migrant. That means a Dutch company will ask you to come to the Netherlands, and then let's say you get that uh, high-skilled knowledge migrant type. That is the best type that you can have. And, and going back to your second question, is there a difference between you as an international or, for example, me as a Dutch citizen? 
there isn't. The only difference is that you need to show them a resident permit. I don't. Okay. Or European citizen, citizen, they also don't have to show any resident permit. Um, that is the main difference. So what you need to have is a passport, of course, uh, a resident permit. Um, you need to have a fixed income. Okay. Best option is to have, let's say, a fixed contract, an indefinite contract. By the way, also possibilities for if you have a temporary contract, but maybe we can discuss it later on. Also possibilities, and of course, um, um, the Dutch bank will check if you have outstanding loans, credits, assets. They will check everything, and you need to know when you receive when you uh, come to the Netherlands, uh, and the bank will check them. Um, if you don't have any outstanding loans or credits, it, it is the best case. If you do, it will lower your maximum mortgage amount with a lot of money. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks, you know, from earlier this year. <laughs> I'm really getting flashbacks for our first when when I had you on the on the phone the very first time. Again, Shireen referred me uh, to, mm -hmm. to you, yeah. and I and I remember all of this and having to get all those uh, having to get all those things in 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 order, but I couldn't remember all of them. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, CAR, sorry, that's the that's the two questions that I wanted to ask before you sketch this uh, this case study even further or, or or continue with your questions on this case study. So okay, that's that's a good explanation. Thanks, Rolf. Happy. All right, no, perfect. So continuing with this case study, um, Shireen, what would you say is expat property brokers' brokers' extra mile that you guys walk? and extra added value that you add as a broker uh, uh, to your clients? Okay, so I think let me start by explaining the entire process and what we can, where we add value. Okay, so once a client signs up with us and has supplied us with a wish list, you know, absolutely everything that they're looking for in a home, we then start um, the search process. So uh, what we'll do is we will then make all the appointments. We, we go onto like Funda, Facebook, Instagram, all of the agents' websites. We look for houses that are suitable to their wish list. And then we start making appointments so that we can um, view the properties. We try and attend all the viewings with our clients. When a client finds a property that they like and they want to buy, we then pull reports. We do uh, research of past sales in the area. We run numbers. We read all the pertaining documentation to make sure that there aren't any nasty surprises. Most houses that are sold in the Netherlands are sold um, by means of a closed bidding system, which basically means everyone has a chance to submit their um, bid at a, at, a, at a certain time. Once that deadline is closed, the agent will then have a look at all the bids and will decide on the ones that are the highest, but also have the best um, conditions. Often it's the highest bid that wins, but non-conditional bids are also very attractive. Now, conditions that we usually put in our bids are things like a financial clause, which means that should their finance not be approved, our clients can walk away without being paying any penalties. The second, the second condition that we put in is a technical inspection. And the reason that we do this, a lot of the houses in the Netherlands are old. A lot of them have been built with um, close to water. So um, it's really, really important. You know, when we go to a viewing, we can have a look at what's happening. You know, we can look for moisture. We can look for leaking, leaks and et cetera. But we cannot see what's happening underneath the house. We can't look what's happening in the roof or on the roof. And often a technical inspection will, will, will pick up everything 
thing that you can't see. So those are the two conditions that we usually put in. And obviously, we've, we've, we put in um, a move-in date, but that's pretty flexible because it, it really does depend on the seller, the moving-in date. Okay. So then once um, our clients have won the bid, we help them finalize the contract. Contracts in the Netherlands are only legal if they're in Dutch. So we read through everything. We make sure that our clients understand every, every single point. We also arrange for the valuation of the property. Um, and this is needed so that the mortgage, the mortgage process can begin. Uh, we also help our clients blazing with the financial, with the financial consultant as well as all the notaries. And often when buying a house, the transfer can take anywhere between uh, six weeks, if it's quick and it's just a straight, a straight transfer, or up to a year. Because a lot of people buy uh, sell their house um, and then they've got to wait to move into their new house that they've already bought. Okay, then from there, on, on day of transfer, we basically meet you at the house. We go through every window, door, kitchen appliance to make sure that the home that you bought is in the same condition as on the day that you had a technical inspection. Or it's been improved, obviously, if there were things that were wrong, that's been agreed by both parties. Once we've checked that absolutely everything is perfect and working well, we then go with you to the notary so we can be your support team. And um, you sign the documents and you become the proud owners of so your own little slice of Dutch heaven. And so basically, we are here with you from the beginning to the absolute end of the process. We walk with you every step of the way. I'll tell you one thing. I asked for an eight, what's the extra mile, but with, with this answer, you you gave me an extra hundred miles. <laughs> Listen, I want to. I want to. Sorry, I want to jump in there, Shireen. And and as you spoke there, you know, um, I really, I really re-experienced that extra mile because there was various things that um that came to mind again. I remember um you know on the day that we that we received the key, uh, I was kind of just expecting to receive the key and and that's it. And we walked through the entire property. I, I walked through, um, uh, you know, just behind Shireen. She looked through every single thing and she made sure everything was perfect. And to, to this day, we haven't had any issues uh, or anything. That, uh, nothing was different to what we've signed up, you know, in, in, a, in about two or three months before that day. So I, I really, um, I really must say that was an extra mile for us because there's a few things that we potentially might have missed. Because our seller actually had to come back two, three days later and um, just fix one or two things that that wasn't as it was agreed uh, when we when we signed the contract itself or, or when we actually uh, you know put in the offer. So no, Shireen, I agree that was a a good explanation of that extra mile. Uh, Shireen, um, you you mentioned that you guys physically visit all the viewings with your clients, right? Is that that that's great? Yeah. And, yeah, so, so that, that that is actually extremely important in my, in my opinion as well. You know, to to have an expert's eye looking at the finest stuff. Uh, um, you know, it, as opposed to an inexperienced eye looking at the finest stuff. And and you've also touched base on, let's say, what can be underneath the ground, extracts, et cetera, et cetera. What other pitfalls do you guys normally run across? On I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. When I was looking at apartments, um. A lot of the apartments that I did view that haven't had a paint job inside, let's say for over the last five or six years, had like these little cracks um, where the sidewall connects to the ceiling, so to, so to speak. But the ceiling is also concrete 
because uh, I was only looking at apartments itself. And and in the corners, it had like these these small little cracks that looked like it can be a crack in paint, but it looked more severe to my inexperienced eye. And a lot of the the brokers, the selling brokers, if I can say it like that, um, told me, I, I can't remember what the exact terminology now was, but told me that that happened uh, within all uh, b- buildings due to, you know, this, the changes in season, you know, and the severe temperature changes. And and um, that is probably something that I would have learned on day one if um, I made use of a buying broker. Uh, um, so first of all, I, I'm just saying what they're telling me now, so you can confirm whether that's correct or not correct. But what are or some other small, uh, um, you know, glitches or pitfalls that that one can look out for that you've seen over all of your your viewings all, over, over these years? So basically, the most important things to look out when you go to a viewing. I just want to just quickly touch on cracks. If you can fit your finger into it you need to run a mile because that's a foundational issue. If it's small little ceiling cracks and that or plaster cracks, those are all superficial and can be very easily fixed. All right. Okay, but, but most important, the things that you need to look out for, I think, um, are war- is like things like water damage. Obviously, because the Netherlands is, is, is war- such a watertight um, country, it really, really needs to be looked at with a fine, you know, with a fine tooth comb. So basically, you look for leaks, you look if water's rising on, you know, at the walls. I mean, I've been to a home in Harlem where the water was like dripping out of the skirting boards. And the yes. agent said, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's not even a problem. And I said, he said, you only have to spend about one to 2,000 euros a year injecting the walls. I said, but my clients are young. How are they going to afford to spend 1,000 euros every single, yeah. every single year? So, you know, sometimes you, you have to... You have to not listen to the selling agents, and you you know, and that's why having a a professional with you really does help. So then, the next thing that I suggest you look for is like strange smells in the kitchen, in the pantry, in the cellar. You know, anywhere that you can smell something damp, there's usually water there, or there's a water problem. I would look for things like mold and wood rot. I remember uh, Shireen chasing me around the house saying, okay, in the attic, go and smell if there's, <laughs> if you smell something damp there. I went up the attic, you know, and everything was fine. Then in the, in the what's it in, I don't know, in English, but the tropkas, you go in there and you have to smell in there with it. Smell so now, <laughs> another flashback. Yeah. yeah so, so it's really, really important because, like, you know, you don't want to buy somebody else's problem. You know, yeah. you, if you... So um, really also important to look look at is if there's leaks in the roof, you can always see if there's water damage. Then it's I always like to ask the agents, are there any problems that you can tell me about? So usually they'll, um, from the outset, at the beginning of the, the appointment, they will tell you what problems they have been advised of. I ask them things like, is there an earthpacht, which is a leasehold on the property? Yeah. And is it eigengrond, which means if you buy the house, is the, house, is the house and the land going to um, be yours or are you just buying the house? Now, in Amsterdam, there are a lot of houses that are sold with the earth puffed clause, which means you're only buying the house. Okay, then the next thing that, that we look for are things like CV kettles. How old is the CV kettle? When was it last serviced? CV kettles can last anywhere between 15 and 18 years. Um, I, I always recommend to people change them after 15 years because it affects your electricity consumption and your energy rating. 
I always ask how old are the appliances? When was the kitchen installed? You know, a kitchen can look absolutely beautiful, but it can be 20 years old and the appliances on there are on their last legs. Yeah. I always ask about things like the energy label. Are the windows double glazed? Are the floors and the walls insulated? Um, I like to know how old, you know, how old the mechanical ventilation is. And really important, I always ask, is there asbestos in the building? Now, most houses in the Netherlands um, built after 1994 don't have asbestos, but houses that were built before do have asbestos. So it's a great question to ask because a lot of people have had their asbestos removed. There's a lot of requirements around removal of asbestos, and a lot of people have just left it. You can leave it as long as it's not broken or, or open. It's totally safe. It's a great fire inhibitor as well. That's why they used it in the, you know, in the past. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I must admit, I, I wish I had you by my side now a couple of months ago. <laughs> I told you, see, I told you, but you didn't want to listen. <laughs> no, okay, no, thanks thanks for that uh, very com comprehensive uh, um, answer, Shireen. Uh, Rolf, now directing the, the microphone towards you, uh, What what is the, let's say, if I can repeat the question, the extra mile and the added value that, that expat expat mortgages and yes. uh, bring to the table of course um i think one of our biggest benefit is that we're an independent company so it means my job will be at the moment my client bought a house uh, um, of course we plan a new meeting um, in that meeting i will show my clients all the differences between the banks and i will show you the banks with the lowest interest rate but also of course the best banks to go to with the best uh, terms and conditions. And I will show it to you. It's always your final decision to choose a bank. So it means I'm independent. For example, if you go directly to a bank, they will only sell you their own product. So they will never compare other banks if it can be cheaper or better. I, I recall um, actually experiencing this with yourself, Rolf, because at one point me and Laverne were, were you know, contemplating on the idea that Perhaps if we were to maybe take a sabbatical for a year uh, and and live elsewhere in the world, you know, can we rent this this property out? And and and, you know, I'm not sure about the details, but in general, I think about nine out of ten banks here don't allow you to actually rent your property out um, if it's your prime property or, or something. If you if you haven't paid off a certain amount of your of your mortgage or something, and you actually showed us, I think there was one of the eight. Um, banks that you came back with with offers to us that that had that opportunity, you know, if we wanted to rent out our property, but the mortgage rate was a little bit higher, if I if I recall it. So that I really experienced that that non-tight or that that um, as you mentioned it being uh, independent. Uh, mm -hmm. That that yeah, that paid dividends for us as well. It is, and of course, there's a main difference between buying a house for yourself. So a main residence, or if you, let's say, buy something now and you want to rent it out in the future. Nowadays, banks, uh, they can help you to convert your main residence mortgage into an investment mortgage, but indeed your mortgage conditions will change. So there are still some possibilities, but it also really depends on the future plan. Do and do you, you have to refinance it then if you, if you, you decide? Do. Yeah, you do. You have to do a refinance. So it means the, the, the application process that you already did for the for the main residence, you will do it uh, uh, again. So it, it will be the same process. Oh, that's a kick on the shin. I don't want to. Only do you have different mortgage conditions. Okay. Um, but there are still possibilities. Yeah, and and to see it as a long-term investment.
And, and Rolf, um, you, you've mentioned now that you don't work, let's say, on an incentive or commission base directly from the bank being uh, independent. Mm -hmm. But let's say, for example, I walk into ING for that matter, right? I'm going to see the first uh, um, ING mortgage broker that, that's available, that, that has an availability slot. Mm -hmm. uh, do you guys at uh, um, expat mortgages have, let's say, designated ING service consultants that can speed up the process if needs be? Or I'm, I'm hammering on ING now, but for, for that matter, any other bank, uh, do you have a, let's say, direct line that can speed up the process as opposed to me walking into the ING down the street? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, and the main reason why, because we have, let's say, uh, different conditions uh, as a broker. Yeah. Um, technically, we can do a mortgage application within a week, even yeah, within a couple of days. And of course, if you go directly to a bank, yeah, it can take a longer time. And, yeah. um, and back to Shireen, maybe she will explain, she already explained about the financial class, so the subject of finance, that yeah. you always have to uh, add in your offer. Um, if the seller will give you three weeks, yeah, it means you will have three weeks time to get everything done. Shireen, uh, I see that you are, are very eager to, to add something to what Rolf just said. Um, I just want to say that the absolute bonus of working with expat mortgages is that every, I've never lost a deal because I've worked with them. They, 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 if they say it'll take them three weeks, it's been in they will do it in three weeks. They will get the job done in three weeks. What's important for me as a broker is to make sure that my clients have been vetted financially. Otherwise, we go into a bidding process and we're weak. If they don't have all their documents in place, if they don't have everything in order, then I need a full six weeks to try and get finance. But before we even start the, 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 you know, the searching process, I always say, have you seen a financial consultant or the bank? If they say they haven't seen anybody, then I usually say to them, well, please, can you contact expat mortgages? This is who we work with closely because they speak English, which is a bonus. Yeah. They, we, we know them well, so we know that we've never lost any deals because of them. And also it makes our, our bidding process um, very, very strong because all our clients have been vetted already. So, you know, we don't go, we don't go in weak. We're going really, really strong. Okay, clear, clear. And and just to confirm, you guys never put in a bid um, without the subject to getting financing. You can sometimes. It depends. Um, it's not. I don't like working like that um, because I actually would like my clients to have a get out of jail card in case they need it. You know, sometimes things happen. And I'd rather them not have to pay the 10% penalty if they don't get finance. Let's, I've done it before where um, my clients have, they've wanted to have no condition of finance. So what we did is we went and got a valuator. We work with valuators. So for example, if I'm having a house, if I'm selling a, a, helping my clients buy a house in Hilversum, I have a designated valuator that I work with. I will get hold of um, the valuator and say, right, what is your desktop appraisal of this property? She will say to me, I will, I'm looking at it. I could probably get, let's say, 400000 for it, and they're asking 350. So I know that when she goes and does the value, I can get 400000 for it. That means if I put in a bid of 400000 
I will get the finance. My clients can go in with a non-conditional of finance. But it is risky. It is risky. And it's not, it's not something that I like to personally um, ask people, well, to tell people to do. Yeah. Rolf? Uh, I agree with Shireen as well. It's never an advice to drop the, the, the financial class. Um, but back to your question, CJ, um, um, we can do a mortgage application within a couple of days. So even if Shireen or Bridget or one of the uh, colleagues needs to make an offer without the financial class, it's still doable to get a mortgage approval done. Technically yeah. within three days. And, and and that in its own right makes or gives the, the your client, both of your clients basically, an extremely good chance of getting this this property within a, a extremely hot property market that we are sitting in, extremely hot and competitive uh, property market that we are currently sitting in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the advantages of you know using expat property brokers and expat uh, mortgages is is crystal clear in my mind. I don't know about you, you everyone. You actually were the one uh, um, using both Shireen and Rolf. I'm sitting here, I wish that I used uh, uh, Shireen and Rolf now looking back at it. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a very pleasant time and a pleasant experience. Um, we were kind of, you know, to use the Afrikaans term, gatvol of, of moederloos at some point until uh, Levin spoke to Shireen and, and she, you know, after the call, she said, Okay, I think there's a, there's a silver lining to our problem. And then as soon as we got connected to Rolf, the same same story. On the first call, um, I spoke to Rolf. I, I really felt comfortable. And also, I just wanted to add on that last point with the financing. Um, just having some degree of certainty that we wouldn't have to, you know, pull out 30 grand out of our own pocket, you know, to pay the difference between our bid and the value of the property or as is valued by the by the um Evaluator, that was also kind of, um, you know, that that made us feel very comfortable going into this to the whole process or, or you know, to the bidding process. You know, that that played a massive part in um, played a massive part in in, the, in our whole process. That made us really feel comfortable. So, yeah. Rolf, I wanted to um, just add to that mile, you know, a question right at the beginning uh, that just uh, that we asked, you know, that extra mile. Um, I just received the mail. I, I saw this come through from from them, from uh, somebody that you've also got a, a relationship with or a, a, like affiliation with. It's the tax advisors, and I right. and I realized that that's that is definitely another um, added value. Is is for the first two years after buying a property, we get the the the, the tax advice free. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there. I don't know if you want to add some details on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a good thing because if you become a client of expert mortgages, you will also receive, uh, let's say, a free service for the coming two years uh, from a tax advisor. And of course, what the tax advisor will do, um, and that is a benefit if you buy a house, if you get a loan to a bank, because some fees that you pay in Dutch, it's, it's called the kostenkoper. Some fees that you have to pay to buy the house are tax deductible for 30 to 40%. But also the interest that you pay to a bank because of the loan is also partly tax deductible. And if you have to do those things yourself, let's say in the first years, yeah, if you make one mistake, you can lose a lot of additional money in the future. So we think the tax advisor is just the one to help you with those two things. And that is indeed a free service within my, my fee. Yeah. 
Oh, awesome. Okay, great. Definitely something to keep in mind if you want to save an extra buck from the tax collector, to be honest. Exactly. I just wanted to say, suck it here. You don't have that, do you? Shireen, out of interest, uh, during COVID times, how did you guys experience, let's say, um, the demand for expats buying houses, uh, um, let's say, uh, over the span of the last 18 months for for that matter? I will say it was absolutely crazy. It it grew, it, it was, it, yeah, it just exploded. I mean, we went from relatively busy it was so busy. I mean, I was working from don't. I was working until eleven o'clock at night, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, sending my clients properties, going back to sleep at about four or five o'clock, up at six o'clock, and I was doing that seven days a week. But luckily, you were working from home. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't working from home because I was. No, I'm um, no, no, no. But a lot of you know, obviously, we were still seeing. We were still seeing clients. We were still viewing houses. So. Yeah, no, 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 I can imagine. Uh, and and Rolf, uh, um, you probably sm- smiling, keep keep on smiling because interest rates are just dropping and you're getting cheaper and cheaper finance. So well, how do you how do you see, let's say, the, the future of of buying a property within the Netherlands? Uh, um, do you do you see this trend continuing of of a very high demand because of interest rate rates being in actual fact so low? Yeah, that is one of the reasons that the market is so overheated. But also uh, an important thing, of course, is uh, um, there is not a lot of newly built projects in the Netherlands. So there is a shortage on the house market. Um, It keeps growing. And um, the the, the biggest benefit and the motivation for a lot of people, uh, actually internationals, um, if you have to pay a rent of 1,500 euros per month to your landlord, or you can pay 1,000 euros to the bank, which you will repay your own loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, of course, the question, <laughs> if of course possible, but then the decision is, is easy to make. Pay a lower, uh, let's say, payment to the bank with low interest rates, indeed, um, instead of paying your landlord's loan. Yeah, and, and I also read in the news uh, um, a couple of weeks now, so I actually don't know what's the status on that, but uh, um, this band that they want to put uh, uh, in, in Amsterdam, I think The Hague and Rotterdam, for to, to basically block out investors not yep. buying a primary uh, uh, residence, I think the cap is, is uh, um, under half a million. So um, just for the listeners out there, I understand it. Please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But if you are an investor uh, uh, looking to buy an apartment within Amsterdam below the value of half a million, they're going to uh, almost cap you or, or you, you're not allowed to do that from a certain point in time going forward. Has that already been implemented or is that still in the overlooking process and, and to be approved? Well, in some areas, it's already uh, applicable. Yeah. Oh, so it, it means, yeah, below 500,000 euros, um, you cannot buy a house um, to rent it out as an investment. I just wanted to say it's, it's actually great because it means that young people starting out get the opportunity to buy a house. I don't yeah. think it's fair that, that with, with the housing shortage as it is, that an investor has 20 properties when, you know, people that are moving out of home can't get even one property. So I think it's, a, I think it's a, an excellent thing. Me too. Yeah, I 100% agree. But and and who actually puts the restriction on that? Uh, let's say, for example, 
I'm an investor and I walk into a 450,000 euro apartment in Amsterdam now. Is it something that I have to disclose upfront or will that only be, let's say, been seen by, I don't know, who the authorities or the bank once the, the mortgage application has been applied? So where does where does the no, you're not allowed to come into place? Is it a, a upfront disclosure that an investor has to give that, that uh, you know, almost filters it out very quickly in order for the young couple in, in Amsterdam to buy the house? Is it an immediate, immediate disclosure almost? Well, it is because at the moment you start an application for your own residence, so the main residence. The bank will also do a, a cadaster check in Dutch, so the land registry. And of course, investors or the companies, the bank can see that they already have properties in their name. So yeah. Of course, then the bank with an application, they will say say no. If you if you buy something cash, there will be always the notary that will stop it and that will block it. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, all right. So it's also the source of income and then also the cadaster. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mainly cadaster. That is the, the main check that they do. And then they see okay, if you don't have any properties into your name, yeah, of course, you do, the bank don't know if you're going to live in it yourself or rent it out. But official, if you start the application for a main residence, you have to live in it. Yeah. Yes. And, and also, that is already implemented in Amsterdam and which other cities as well? Um, is it then Dijk and Rotterdam or? Maybe Shireen, yeah. I know in Utrecht and in Rotterdam, it is already applicable. Okay, okay. Um, but let's say the major cities uh, will follow soon, I think. Yeah. Okay. Look, I I hope this actually makes a difference because the previous time the you know they 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 put some laws into place it actually made it or to to my mind actually made it worse, you know that four hundred thousand uh, euro rule, um you know we can skip the transfer duty if you're the first time home buyer and you're younger than thirty five so it's basically for starters that actually made it, you know that actually potentially contributed to to the to the hot property market so hopefully this one makes it. Uh, you know, actually contributes to, to to just cooling down the market a little bit. Not too much, you know. We still want some growth on our property uh, that we already bought. No, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. I, no, but that I really will be the want case. everybody to. I really want everybody to own a home if if that's their wish and their and their dream. Now, from my end, I think we're heading more or less to the end. But I wanted to ask you, Shireen, and and then after after that, maybe Ralph, you can just straight away follow. Is there any, you know, any one tip for future home buyers that um you know there's there's a, a lot of future home buyers that's going to listen to the episode so any one specific tip that you want to share with future future um, home buyers here in the netherlands or for that matter in any country when you decide to buy a, a home i think the key 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 factor is find a good real estate agent and find a good mortgage consultant i agree and and, and my tip was indeed first check your financial possibilities uh, before you start householding uh, with an estate agent, because otherwise they do a lot of work and, and maybe they found a, the suitable house and it's not possible based on all the documents and the finance. So first check your financial status and then start looking with the with the estate agent. So hopefully with with, with Shireen. Okay, awesome. From ons voor jou, wat nou's point of view and also from expert mortgages and also from expert property brokers. We just want to, for the for the listener out there, this is there's no advice being shared tonight. It is purely opinions, and this is to 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 broaden your opinion. And 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 so just from that just from that uh, indemnity point of view. And then lastly, we've 
we've kind of agreed with with expat property brokers and expat mortgages uh, affiliation program or potential aff- affiliation program in the, in the future so if you do want to get in in touch with them please use our podcast name so they know where you heard of them and then if even if you have heard of them before I'm just going to jump the queue and say still use our podcast name because it helps us to get our name out there and the podcast will help them to even broaden their name and get their, their name out there even further. So those are the two things that I wanted to say. I don't know from your point here, is there is there anything you still wanted to add tonight? No, nothing in particular, Edwin. I, I must say, um, I, I think if I had to do this whole process again, I'd run straight to Shireen and Rolf for their expertise and their services. Um, Shireen, there's one more thing that you wanna you wanna add. I see you nudging for a, a, a chance to speak. I do, I do. I just want to say, you know what? Um, I just want to just say one more thing about expert um, property brokers. You know, when buying a home, it is a really emotive subject. And when we take the, basically what we do is we take the emotion out of the process. We give you the facts. So your decision when, when purchasing a home is actually factual and it's non-emotional. We take a lot of the worrying out of the process for you, especially if you don't speak Dutch very well. So we make sure you pay fair value um, for your property because we do a lot of research before we give you numbers for a bid. We do a lot of research for, you know, for that. We also make sure that we check everything so you're not buying somebody else's problems. Because we've got such strong relationships with other agents in the industry, a lot of agents will work with us because they know that our clients have been vetted by a mortgage consultant, usually expat mortgages. They know that our, our clients are invested in the process. They're not going to you know, say yes and then pull out and then, you know, they are really invested. They want to find a home. And um, secondly, you know, just to, just to also say a lot of the agents, uh, they, keep, they keep a lot of their bookings um, over the two days that they run viewings for marketers or for agents only. And having an agent that has strong relationships with other marketers, it, it helps you get in the door to get a viewing. Because often you'll phone if you haven't been working with a broker and you won't be able to get a viewing. And then finally, we have a really, really good name in the industry. We're well-respected with our peers and, the, and, the, and they know that we're hardworking agents, we're ethical, and we have, um, we're ethical and we have clients that really, really are, you know, invested in the whole property properties search. Thank you very much, Shireen. That makes a lot of sense. And then just before we get to the end and say our goodbyes, let's have a look at this week's Safa Index. Welcome to the Safa Index. This week, we'll be looking at the average electricity price per kilowatt hour consumed in each of the countries that we look at globally. Now, based on the research that we did, is that the average household in Europe consumes approximately 3,500 kilowatt hours per year. Henceforth, our prices are quoted in kilowatt per hour, or kilowatt hour. South Africa, starting, starting off with South Africa at 2 rand 40 cents, America at 2 rand 50 cents, Australia at a staggering 5 rand 10 cents, Canada at 2 rand 90 cents, the Netherlands at 3 rand 70 cents, New Zealand at 3 rand 40 cents, 
the UAE at one rand thirty cents and the UK at four rand ten cents. So, getting back to the ladies' first foot in the door that we had earlier in this episode, Shireen, if someone would like to get hold of expat property brokers, where can they reach you? What platforms, uh, what are the routes for them to follow? Okay, they can always get hold of us um, on our website, through our website, which is www.expatprop.nl. They can always phone us. Um, they can email me personally, Shireen at expatprop.nl. Uh, there's lots of ways. Um, we have a Facebook page. We're very active on. You can get a hold of us through different, through through quite a few different ways. Okay, awesome. great. And, and, and Rolf, um, if if one was to to look up expat mortgages, and I must admit, I went to your website and it, it looked pretty pretty decent. Actually, job well done. It's on that. What are the platforms that someone can can go look up expat mortgages how can they get hold of of you as rolf and also uh, um, the company itself yeah we you can also look us up by by the internet so www.expatmortgages.nl you can meet the team but you can also see a lot of i think nice testimonials from clients that we already helped um, so you get a feeling of it and of course, the standard uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, you can almost find us everywhere. Also on Google, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. All right. So thank you guys for, for phoning in for episodes, episode four of Ubuntu Tips and Tricks season two. But uh, yeah, once again, thank you very much for phoning in and thanks for your time on, on this uh, Thursday evening. Thank you very much for having us. I just want to say one more thing. Yes. There is a there is another company that have gone and called themselves Expat Property, which is very irritating. Oh, um, is. And they on and it is. And we were we were first, but they seem to be at the top of every single platform. So it's super important for us if you can please just push along that Expat Property Brokers. Expat sure, Property Brokers. Yeah. Because they drive it home. Yes, drive it home. Okay, listen, thank you very much for having us. I really enjoyed it. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was like, no, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll get you guys in Chiesta. We'll, we'll get you back on this. Not on, virtually. We'll actually meet up for a for yeah. an episode somewhere, uh, somewhere nice. in a studio. Let's do that. That'll yeah. be awesome. That'll be awesome. Thank you. It was great. It was great chatting to you. And maybe, maybe it is something like if property, property trends change, or maybe or financial trends change. Maybe it's something that you know Ralph and I can pop onto another podcast with you guys and just Definitely. even if it's not as long maybe just a small segment to, to talk about changes in the market yeah that'd be awesome all right bye guys yeah nice Have meeting you evening. just cheers bye. thanks for everything bye. enjoy the night bye form part of our expat community and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform or visit the website onsforyoupodcast.com